Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Chirp, and I am back with another incredible Thursday episode for your listening pleasure. We have another amazing guest. He's the first repeat guest of our uh, of our season here. Stat Guy Blake coming in to do a quarter season review. If you're an OG here, you know that we usually do an interview on Thursday. Uh, and on Monday, we do a bit of a week in review and talk exclusively about the Caps and how they performed last week. But for now, I think that we should just pop some tabs and get it going. I'm really excited to, to, you know, lament a little bit about how the Caps have been. And then maybe there's some positives, maybe there's not. Uh, this stuff's never scripted, so we'll see what that guy Blake's got to say. But let's pop some tabs and get right into it. One, two, three. All right, I ended the stream now. Stack guy Blake. Uh, first things first, man, uh, I've heard you've become a father here recently. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just, just had a little girl a couple weeks ago, so Congrats. Uh, she's doing great. Thanks. Yeah. Amazing. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Um, I guess it's the beginning of the end for you now. So <laughs> she's already got to, uh, enjoy some caps hockey. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the caps have, have probably let her down. Um, I know that she was born like a few games, if going by that as a timeline, several games ago. And at one point, the Caps were like undefeated or something, right? During her lifetime. <laughs> no, no. Her first game was a mm. loss. Which she, oh. What she got was in her first six games, she got 
five Ovi goals, which is, okay. you know, great, especially considering that by the time she's, like, self-aware, Ovechkin is going to retire. So, like, I'll get to at least say, like, hey, you got to see Ovi score a bunch of goals when you were first born and you don't remember. <laughs> imagine that. You know, imagine that right now all of us are so fucking lucky to be able to have seen Ovechkin play in his prime, right? And then yeah. on top of that, the people that are born now, these poor schmucks, they're not going to be able to see anything. Well, anything is near as good. Yeah, it, I, it's, it's. I don't know how I'm going to be able to like explain her, like, like when she's like, you know, older and old enough to really kind of like understand how I can just like explain her like what, what seeing 2009 Ovechkin was like, <laughs> let alone. 2022 Ovechkin still scoring like crazy and you know putting putting Ovi and how on the ropes like this like right. I, I don't know how I'm going to like describe to her what it's what it was like to see it you know yeah it's, it's ex- something that you really shouldn't take for granted folks yeah no doubt no doubt I mean um it's it's good shit and of course we are watching history every night um despite how the Capitals of late may or may not have been uh, performing. So, I mean, this is a quarter season review or something that I've literally coined like 30 minutes before coming on here. Uh, this We'll just do this quarter season review. We've got about 26 games in the bag. The Caps are under 500, which is unfamiliar territory for probably many of the listeners here. Um, and honestly... For me, I haven't seen the Caps under 500 this far into the season for the entire Ovechkin era, almost. Maybe his first almost. season. I remember, I rem- I'm old enough to remember going to the the uh, season finale, the home finale against Buffalo at home in <laughs> 2007. Yeah. And I can't remember if we were eliminated already or if we needed to win to not be eliminated. But either way, the 2007 Sabres handed handed our lunch to us, right? <laughs> and Buffalo fans took over the stadium, and I was so miserable, and I have never forgiven the Buffalo Sabres, and I've always held the grudge. It was it was atrocious how bad. It, it was a classic D.C. sports, we're bad, and we get outnumbered by their fans game, you know? Oh, no. Like, oh, I... It's, it's been such a different era since then of just yeah. like, like that was the last time where you can really point to caps fans getting just absolutely outnumbered. Like there was Ovechkin got booed every time he touched the puck and there was let's go Buffalo chance. Oh, and it was just no. horrendous. <laughs> but since then it's, we've been so good that like, right. Like everyone's there rocking the red since then. You know, right. it's like it's just given that it's the caps are going to be good and the caps are going to, you know, so like this is, you know, uncharted territory for anybody who hasn't been here since, you know, back then. Right. And so what what was what was the arena called? MCI Center back then? Or I was think it? it was already Verizon Center at that okay. point. But I do. I did go to I actually went. To, so I wasn't self-aware by that point, but I did go to some cap center games. But Ooh. MCI Center is what I grew up with. And uh yeah, me too. Right? Yeah. The, the horrendous. I still call it that sometimes just accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, what's it now? <laughs> Cap one. MCI Center. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, the place in Chinatown that's uh, yeah. got the caps. So, yeah. Um, Number two is Ken Klee, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. So right now the Washington Capitals are 10 12 and 4 and this we you know of course Caps fans we record on Sunday so I get everybody try to get it in. Um so you this is a week old. Um but r- right now 3 points or I'm sorry. Whew, 5 points because Detroit is on a roll out of a playoff spot. Now Let's just get let's get right to it. Stack Eye Blake at Allen Caps nineteen ninety five. Is it time to panic yet? Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm not I, I'm not worried about it. I for if for no other reason than it's just so easy to get into the NHL playoffs. Right. Freaking half the teams make it. it Dude, you know. And, and and we're missing. We haven't gotten Orlov back. We haven't gotten Wilson back. Right. Uh, like, I just I just can't be that worried about it. I can't I, be either. I mean, five points seems like a lot, right? Three games. Um, but what's to say the Pittsburgh Penguins, even though they're on a heater right now, unfortunately, or the Detroit Red Wings, or the Tampa Bay Lightning, or the Florida Panthers, or the Montreal? I mean. Who else is in? Who is ahead of us? Let's see. Let me let me take another look. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Rangers, the Florida Panthers, and the Detroit Red Wings, along with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then you know f- up from there in the Metro, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, and the Devils. What's to say they don't go on like a four-game losing streak, five-game losing streak, losing streak? I mean, you look at New York, the Islanders right now, and um, I've had the the. Uh, Islanders never say die. Grumpy old man and TJ on this podcast, and they've talked about like, look, the Islanders are a bubble ready to burst. Who like Lane Lambert? You know, whatever it may be, at least he's playing the young guys. But who really knows what they're going to be uh, moving forward? They would not be surprised if. The New York Islanders aren't a playoff team. Now, that still does leave a lot of competition. I mean, you're looking at Florida, Detroit, New York. I think Montreal is probably fake news, but, you know. Yeah. Washington's in that ilk right now. Like, we are, the Capitals are within that grouping. Yeah, I I just, there's been so many injuries and, like, like, so, so we talk about, like, Wilson and Orlov, but, but, like, Dudes who had like great stretches just immediately, like Beck Malinston. You know, yeah. he's supposed to be our fourth line guy right now. Protus is supposed to be occupying some sort of third line spot or or top six spot, and he he's occupying Beck Malinston's spot in the fourth line. Like, like we literally, it, yeah. it's not just top end talent that we're missing. We're also missing backup guys. Oh yeah, and I, I. Well, not to mention we know. could be listen we could be missing Darcy Kemper and yeah. Martin Faviari, which sucks. Don't get me wrong, um, dude. Kemper out long term would be terrible, um, especially yeah. with what it seems like is possibly a concussion. So that's huge. But at the same time, I mean, <clears throat> Orlov, you know the the role players that we have in there that are on the on the on the shelf would be a huge benefit for us right now, but. Other than, so, okay, we, it, it's injuries. Everybody knows we're injured. Like, you know, we can fill up a diaper crying about that. But <clears throat> is there something structurally at the base of things wrong with the Washington Capitals? Because 
I say, I say there's not, but I, w- I want to hear it from you. I I don't think there is because if you look at, um, like like our our uh, shooting percentage and our save percentage, if you like, kind of add them together, they sh- in general teams their average is about 100 and so everybody's either below that or above that the average is 100 or a thousand i should say Mm -hmm. ours is really low our pdo and i that just indicates to me especially for a team who usually has such a high pdo like i just don't i i don't think that's something going correctly i think that's you know there's there's something wrong unfortunately but it's just bad luck i don't think there's something so structurally bad. Now there are other there. Now there are issues with this team. I don't, I don't mean to say we're just a perfect team who's missing every bounce forever. You right. know, there's um, we've, you know, got to address something about the way we're playing defense and there's plenty wrong with power play, but there's, there's a lot of reasons to believe that this team will just by pure for pure regression to the mean reasons improve. Right. You know, I, and so wait, before we go too far, just to explain to people who don't know, what is PDO for me has always been the metric for like luck, right? Hockey's a random sport. Pucks get bounced everywhere. You know, stuff happens, people with, you know, things like that. This is a, for lack of a better explanation, you know, for the dum dums out there, including me, PDO is a luck metric, right? It's the closest thing to a, a, measurable instance of luck is that correct in theory that's kind of how it gets treated i right. think it's a lot more nuanced than that but i think if you just want to like put a number on luck pdo is the number you should pick right because it just it's it kind of sums up you know your your bounces in favor versus your bouncer again bounces against it it's not perfect sure but it gets the job done. But anybody who's played or, or right yeah, and, and anybody who's played or, or watched hockey, they know that like luck is, is, is a solid contributor into how things go. I mean, you bounce it's a non- puck off. For sure. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's not negligible in the sense it's, it's uh, you can lose a game on bad luck. Like uh, as much as you would hate to say it, that is a thing. Um, or, and, and so, you know, to piggyback off that, <clears throat> you know, I'm thinking. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and and we had a stretch where we lost uh, nine out of eleven games, and our PDO was ninety five percent, which is just unfathomably atrocious. Right. So, like, I I, I just I I find it hard to get worked up about what's going on. You know. Sure. And it's twenty game number twenty. Like right now, we just played game number twenty six of eighty two, so it's not completely over. Crazier shit has happened. We've but, seen the St. Louis Blues. Right, put that into perspective. The Commanders were one in four at this point in their in their <laughs> season, respectively, and now it's seven five and one. Like. Right. Crazier shit has happened. <laughs> are the are the commanders actually like sniffing a, a, a playoff spot? I mean, I know they're in the hunt, but is it realistic? It's realistic because it. the NFL has officially bloated their playoff format. Um, okay. If if 
if they had a real playoff format, we wouldn't be sniffing it. But right, they've just it's there's so many playoff, so many wild card spots. Not like three wild card spots plus all the divisional spots. Right. I, I think you're at this point as if not more likely to make a NFL playoff position than an NHL playoff position. I've always maintained that the NHL has an ex- extremely bloated uh, playoff format, but I don't care because we get four straight seven game series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when you're playing one or done, why are you, why do you have so many games? Sure. No, I mean, I love, uh, <clears throat> I think the, I mean, the NHL regular season is like the season before the the season, right? I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. there the NHL playoffs are one of the longest playoff tournaments in all of sports. So, you know, I and I personally love that about hockey. It's I love great. that about the NHL. As far as I can, yeah. yeah. No, I'm totally with you. And to say that the Capitals are cooked right now, I mean, we've seen teams like St. Louis, who's a close match to how how the Caps would like to play. They're probably a little bit more defensive focused and a little bit slower and less skilled. But at the same time, we've seen them turn it on with 40 games left and absolutely come in and murder and win a Stanley Cup. They did that the year after the Washington Capitals won. And then everybody thought it was a checking league, right? So, you know, it's, it's a, a – I, I agree. I don't think the Caps are cooked. I think there's definitely time. There's There's – cause for concern and and we should be you know that there's criticism to lay about and there's problems to solve and there's there's things that are not good but but all this let's fire the coach let's let's trade all the ufas let's right. this that and the other like that's all <laughs> a little bit premature now if you want to talk about if we get to the point of, I, I've seen people like, like, if we get to the point of trading the UFAs, here's what I would do. Sure. Yeah, that's sure. fine. But I, we're not there yet. And at this point, we would be talking in hypotheticals. And I think it, we should engage in it's a hypothetical. Right. So tell us what's the, what's the, what are the glaring concerns here right now for the Washington Capitals? Aside from getting healthy, which I'm sure the things you're going to cover are going to be residual of that. But yeah. It, so, so number one, get healthy. We can just, everyone knows we can move on. Like right. there's, there's no one listening to this podcast. who doesn't know that the gaps aren't healthy, you know, right. Right, um, right. at least we hope so. Moving on from that, uh, offense generation. Um, there's just not enough going on in the offensive zone and yeah. also finishing chances. Um, there's a, a lot of guys who just haven't finished their chances. The first guy who comes to mind is Mantha. As yeah. much as I love him, I need him to bury something, you Dude. know. And it's not all his fault. He's getting paired with Lerner. <laughs> hey, easy <laughs> on on Lynchpin the Stanley Cup. Holy fuck! But but I, I I need him to bury something at some point, you know. Right. Like, there's there's you know I, I need guys to finish their chances when they're getting them, but I also need a bit more offense generation. The defense has been fine. Um, for the most part, um, we also need to get the defense and the goaltending to like sync up in some sort of way. Cause they seem to like somebody's having a bad night. It, you know, yeah. It just glaring holes. Like, and then I need your puck, your I net need, gets filled. 
yeah, I need I need the defense and I need the goaltending to like sync up on a few nights of just like both guys or both both groups are having a good night. Right. You know. Um it's it's boy. funny that you talk about Mantha because last week uh I thought that uh, the big thing that would really help the Washington Capitals would be Anthony Mantha just finding the back of the net. Uh, and he's had one goal in like the past upteenth games. Um we we brought him in cuz he's like and and okay so like let's just say let's play devil's advocate and bring in Verona into the in the situation i do believe Verona would be performing the exact same way you know if he's if he's on the schneid if both players are on the schneid it just they they shit the bed for a long period of time um mantha though is a little bit younger like i think a year but we're also he's also i think that's a player that has not totally found himself within the NHL yet. Like he, he, he's, uh, he's young still not super young, you know, sub, but he, but he's coming in to the point where he needs to really know exactly where he can be successful. And of course, I think that as a second line player, uh, you know, as a third line player with really good people, he's going to be able to be, uh, effective and for streaks of the season, I thought he was filling in that third line role really well. You know, he's starting to play the body a little bit, trying to use his his size to take away space, and that resulted in some positive uh, offensive production. Unfortunately, something has gone wrong. I don't know if he if he's just in a slump or whatever, but yeah, I totally agree. Mantha needs to get rolling. So he's and I'd not like in to a see slump. Him. Oh, go ahead. The he's not in a slump. Okay. The problem is. He's he's top six guy who's playing with the third line, and that's inevitably going to lead to things that look like a slump. Um, I my my concern with Mantha is not how he's playing. I it's literally just some of these some of his rushes. He's just wildly missed the net and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like, that, that's just finishing that can be fixed easily, you know? Yeah. The bigger issue with Mantha is that he's basically having to carry horizontal. Um, <laughs> and, and so inevitably that's going to end up looking like he's playing bad and he's not playing bad. He's just not finishing some of his chances, but he would be getting a lot more chances and probably finishing some of them. If he was getting, you know, some of the minutes that maybe a Connor Sherry is getting now, at this point, I don't know how you pull Connor Sherry off that top line. Right. But I probably wouldn't have had him there from the get-go. I probably would have had Mantha there from the get-go. But Connor but- Sherry is the only one that's consistently burying. And and so let's say – let's take a wider look. Is it like, you know, Sonny Milano? Is he a guy that comes down instead? Um, No. He's been – Milano has been really good. I I know. So like, what's the solution here? Like, if, now put your put put yourself in the coach coach's perspective here. You got to ride the hot hand, right? Hockey is a momentum based sport, and of course, in three games, two games, one game, okay, somebody puts in a stinker. We're moving Mantha up, and and Sunny, and you know Connor Sherry, whoever the hell is going down to the third line, uh, right? So. I can't with with this menagerie that we have in the lineup right now. 
it's you just have to fucking give the guys who are who have played well of recent the ice time, don't you think? Um. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know how you change it up right now, just because. Cause again, Milano has been killing it. Um. Uh, Sherry has been great, but. And and you can't you can't put Oshi on the third line like this is not how he works you know. Nor does um, he deserve like, to be there. You say know? it again. Nor does T.J. Oshi deserve to be there on the third line. Oh yeah, both for because of who he is and also because of how he's played. <laughs> right. Um, I I would I would I would see what happens when you put Mantha on the top line and you put Sherry on the bottom line and have a have a hair trigger on that. Yeah. Um, if 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 Sherry on the third line goes badly, just just pull it and put him back on the top line. Sure. But I have a feeling that that Mantha up there would outweigh the negatives of Sherry on the third line because at this point you're basically getting nothing out of Mantha because he's he's basically having to cover for people right. and. You know, Sherry's been great, but at some point this is going to 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 slow down with with Sherry. So it yeah, it may yeah for sure. Um, but depending on who we get back into the lineup, you know, if Wilson ends up making a return, which it still looks like it's probably a month away, but like you know, if Sherry continues to pot goals, I'm not really sure. You know, I just I just it's it, this is a tough coaching situation right to to be in right now for sure i do not envy the coaching staff to make these calls um this is not an easy decision for sure um and but the cool thing is is that and and you know say what you will about laviolette obviously there's this whole fire laviolette which is dumb as shit going across twitter right now me saying fire (laughs) laviolette right me neither (laughs) me neither because you know what? Here's the thing. The guy the guy is responsible. Okay, he comes out with your starting lineup, and everybody should know at this point that that's funny money. There's nothing that's really set in stone there. And then he shows it. You know, he he's uh, he he's like, it's very easy for him to go in, throw the lines in the blender. I mean, just last game um, against Calgary that, that you know, of, of recent, he, at the end when we needed a goal, you know, you put Kuznetsov and Ovi together. You know, there was lines were going in the blender. It's it's and that's what you want from a coach. He wants somebody yeah. to mix it up. Uh, you know, I think that was a big criticism of Barry Trotz, who likes to just go down the bus. You know, but uh, and and of course it worked for us, but that was a completely different team. And we they were that team was never as depleted as we've seen it today. Honestly, my only real real criticism of Laviolette at this point is leaving <laughs> in the lineup <laughs> uh, but but at this point I don't like at this point he's it, the, the lineup is so depleted from injuries and the only person at this point who could have gone in for Eller is McMichael and McMichael played terribly now granted he wasn't playing his normal position but like well, how dare you how dare you 
How dare you talk negatively about Golden Boy, Connor no, McMichael? Right? He should be given – he should be force-fed minutes. You know, he should okay. be given first-line minutes no matter how poorly he performs because I, he's a first-round pick. Oh, my God. Clearly, the only reason that he had a 20% expected goals percentage, which was like bottom of the league, is because he played winger. That's the only reason. Right. That's you, you Of course. You can't possibly play – halfway decent as a center who's been forced to play winger. It's not possible. So of yeah. course it's Laviolette's fault. The the games before Connor McMichael got sent down, I thought he had some really good back checking. I thought he's I mean he's always been a two way player, which is to his credit an amazing talent to have and something that he didn't have to learn in the NHL. Um I loved it. But at the same time you know it, it's just it's one of those things where when decisions had to be made and he was the only guy that was going to be saved from going down and getting some minutes, then like, you know, he's on a two-way contract, get him some reps. Um, And you know what? Honestly, I believe he's only got one goal out in Hershey right now. And it's been four or five games. You would expect a guy like that to go in and be like, you know, a point per game at least. And probably you would love to see him just within a few games, start just absolutely lighting it up. That would be, Exactly. Fuck you to the if, coaching staff, right? Yeah, if 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 he's if he's so great and he's the future of the franchise, like why why isn't he lighting up the AHL? Yeah. Right. Um but and especially when you think about like 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 people were mad that, that Milano immediately came in and started getting minutes, but but he was scoring. Right. He was, and he's got a hundred he's got, you know, a hundred plus games in the NHL. That too. He's also right. got more experience than McMichael, right? Uh, so of course he's going to get a bit of a bit more of a shake. And then he did more of he did more with his opportunity than McMichael did. And none of this is to say that I don't like McMichael and I don't want him to succeed. But like like if we're trying if we're in win now mode, which isn't happening, but we should be in win now mode, right? You play the guy who's. Who's putting up points? Yeah, no you know? doubt, no doubt. And it's and he's the cause, that he, or or at least part of the cause. It's not just it's not just that he's getting put out with you know toppling guys. He's part of the cause of the success. He's not just riding Ovechkin's coattails or riding Kuznetsov's coattails. You right. know. No, I, I I completely agree. So, um, you know, and. At the same time, yeah, it sucks to see one of our young prospects, homegrown, low cap, you know, hit go down. But you, it, hopefully, he figures it out. And and there, we all cap stands. We all need to just at least entertain the possibility that Connor McMichael is a fucking bust for us. Like that's a thing that could that could happen. Uh, I would hate to see it i would hate it would that's especially suck considering how good his analytics were last year he yeah had incredibly good numbers it just it just didn't his 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 finishing was bad and so right so like all off season i was like oh he's just he just needs to figure out how to finish and then and then we'll be good and then his underlyings his underlying analytics went absolutely to hell instead of his finishing figuring it out Right, and I just, I don't know what to do with that whole situation, and it's, it, it it sucks. I would, it does. 
you know, I, I like the guy and I want him to succeed, but it's just, let's just not, let's not delude ourselves into thinking that, you know, this is the savior, you know, yeah. a Nick Backstrom light, which is honestly what I think a lot of, I think a lot of Caps fans were really looking at him to be like a top line center at some point, right? A Nick Backstrom or Evgeny Kuznetsov and nothing in his performance in the NHL, his indicated that is going to be a thing. I'm we're, sorry. We're getting, I just, more out of, we're getting more out of Protus. That's I, a, straight up. That's, that is, I mean, it's fucked. It sucks. Caps fans, it sucks. I'm not, I take no joy in saying that, you know, you're completely this wrong isn't, with your Yeah, this isn't, in, dunking, dunking on McMichael is not an <laughs> enjoyable thing. Right. I would much rather be talking about, oh my goodness, this prodigy. He's, right. <laughs> he's he's bumping Kuznetsov to the third line. Oh my goodness. That would be right. so much more fun. I know. so great. <laughs> but that's not where we're at. It's it's just not. And we've seen it time and time again. Verona Burakovsky, Siegenthaler, you know, the goaltending tandem of late. Like whoever it uh, it may be, it's just not a fit sometimes with – what the Washington Capitals want to do. And I give credit to the Washington Capitals for doubling down on their identity and just saying like, look, this is how we're going to play hockey and this is how it's going to be. Uh, if you can't fit into this system, then we're going to move then you for assets. And that's right. It's not your fault, but we're going to pass you off to the Detroit Red Wings or we're going to pass you off to the Anaheim Ducks. Right. You know, it. it's just, we play hockey our way and, and we're good at that way of playing hockey. And, and it's, mostly worked like yeah up until the last couple of years and the last couple of years a lot of it has been because of injuries because like like if you compare the man games lost from the barry trotz era to the todd reardon uh peter laviolette era it's night and day we used to be oh, just yeah. so unbelievably healthy and now we're just so unbelievably injured just all the time I mean, we're getting our upcomings here. I mean, think about it. Like, there is no situation. I mean, there's always an injured person in in a hockey team. But at the same time, like, we, the Washington Capitals were incredibly stout. And that was a point of pride, honestly, is like, yeah, our guys don't get injured. We, we fucking play hard-nosed hockey. We're the hammer, not the nail. Um, and But now I guess our hammer is just a little old and broken. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, hopefully we can get stuff figured out. Um, I, Wilson coming back will help us. Uh, Orlov will definitely help us because I think he's our best defenseman. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really hate to say it, but I kind of doubt Bastrom coming back will help us. But I would, I would sure love to be wrong. I would. That's. <laughs> One of the number wrong. one things that I would love to be wrong about is is how much Nick Backstrom is going to contribute. Um, I'm skeptical about it, but you never know because he's. I mean, he's. Well, he's he's not a Hall of Famer because he gets overlooked for everything, but he should be a Hall of Famer. So right. Hall of Famers sometimes just come in and do Hall of Famer things. So who knows? You yeah. know, you can't 100% rule out that he comes in and just puts up an unprecedented run after that surgery, but. I'm skeptical of that, but we're missing key pieces here. And yeah, everybody gets injured, but like not everybody loses Orlov Wilson and Backstrom, you know? 
And so, Capstone, something that you don't have to be skeptical about is DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to bet their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So we... We've been talking about what the Caps have looked like, you know, Lars Eller, Connor McMichael, Sonny Milano. I mean, we've, we've kind of ran the gamut here, but I, I did want to touch on, look, I think, and, and, and also we touched on the, the coaching, but I have to say, listen, the coaching strategy is more than sound. And you can see that from the goaltender out, right? So from the goaltender to our own blue line. The play is pretty good. We're keeping guy. We're keeping teams of, you know, pretty high powered offenses to the perimeter. We're breaking one thing that I thought Todd Rudin was fucking miserable at was running a goddamn breakout. That guy, I don't know what the the whiteboard looked like as to like here's how our our settled breakout or our pressured breakout should look, but it had to have spaghetti scribbles all over it. It would have given me a fucking seizure. I think it was actual spaghetti. He just... <laughs> yeah, dude. And it was so bad. But you look at a, you look at a coach like Laviolette, who's been in the league, who knows hockey, who's been with... with. I mean, not to say that Todd Rudin doesn't know hockey, but Jesus Christ, sometimes it really... He just knows really penguins had to ask. That was the problem. Yeah. He was a penguins plant. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, but, you know... He, one thing that I do find uh, a little bit of of kind of I guess that settles me down is that the breakout is solid. The Washington Capitals can move the puck out of their zone very quickly once they have possession. Now getting possession is tough, and of course, when we're not putting the puck in the back of the net, the times in which the other team picks the puck and and puts it back into our own zone is incredibly damning because. It, oftentimes ends up in the back of our own net. Um, but on the offensive side of the puck, Laviolette has been, it seems, um, trying to get the boys to just get bulk shots and be garbage men. And when your when when you know your top guys, your top playmakers, your top guys who can find other guys with space, your top finishers are out of the lineup. This, I believe, is a very logical step. Would you agree? Yeah, the pucks on net, as they say, is is generally a good strategy. <laughs> I, I question, I question the entries, but the the exits are good. Yeah, the entries leave something to be desired, especially on the power play. Right. Uh, uh, Stop if you've ever heard this before, Caps fans. <laughs> seriously. Um, like Johan Johansson is helping, but he's not. He, he's a band aid on the problem. Right. The problem is lies much deeper, and he's just good at that thing. No matter how you plan to do it, and the plan is bad, but he's good at it anyway. Right. So I, this whole I 
scream and wail and gnash my teeth every time I see a freaking dump in on a power play. <laughs> Carry it in. Carry it in. But see, here's the thing. I almost feel like we should be dumping it in more on the power play because we have speed. But and then, of course, you would have to change up a little bit of personnel. But you have Dylan Strom who can go far boards. You dump hard around, you know, hard around and get the puck. Um, if you do it, if you if you hard around, but they they don't hard hard around it. It always dies behind the net, and then <laughs> yeah. you're you're left with you know Johansson, Kuznetsov, and whatever whatever other thirty year old is trying <laughs> to go race the puck down, and it just doesn't work. Right. And okay, so zone entries aside, though the power play has been okay. Right, I mean it's once, been yeah. Once okay. once they get set up in the zone, the power play has actually been good, yeah. and I think people people aren't willing to give it any credit. I have I have I have nitpicks on the power play, and that is zone entries. Right, the power play has actually been moving the puck phenomenally. The yeah, passing is great. There's another nitpick that I would have, which is keeping it in the zone. Right. We, we talked about – last time you were on, we talked about how bad Ovi was at keeping the puck in the zone, and now I can only see that. Like, I can only yeah, watch every that. Every time – when it goes when it goes Carlson's side, it stays in the zone. When it goes Ovechkin's side, it leaves it's the like, zone. It's like, yeah, it's I, gone. <laughs> it's like – It's gone. It um, may and, be a breakaway for the other team. Like, I don't even want to yeah. look. <laughs> I would uh, – I'm officially out on, you know, Ovi at the at – the, at the point as the base strategy you there's definitely like you should there's in a theory behind rotating him to get him open in his office because he's got such a good shot there but that should be the shouldn't be the base positioning that should be a rotation thing that ends up happening and maybe that's that's how you finish but like if you're relying on Ovi at the point it's not gonna go well for you anymore it's just yeah. not well, here's the thing. I, I feel like the Washington Capitals are just stuck. They have to put him there, right? And because here's the thing. They don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's easily he's the, the ultimate. He's the ultimate decoy, too, right? I mean, you put him out there, it's basically a four on three, you would hope. Because that guy is so stuck on Ovechkin. Um, and what they've tried to do to negate that and keep Ovi in play is put him, okay, close to the net. So now it's a screen. Now you're bringing a defenseman in and you're screening. But I think, like, well, what if Ovi, like, went way away? Like, faded way out. Like, almost ass to the boards out. Just to see how far that player, like, the guy that's shading him would come. Because that would open up the middle and the bumper spot tremendously. If if he moved out and then Oshi just took, like, one stride backwards, you know, there's a ton of room there. Again, I don't, I, I don't fucking know, but I, I, I just think we need to just plant him in the in the slot, and then as things move and and things change, and rotate him to the slot to get it to, to as like the last step in the chain of like, okay, we've got we've got things where we want. Okay, move Obi out a bit, get right. him a one timer. And then if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, he goes harder than that. And whoever's supposed to be at the point goes back to the point. I did. There's Ovi keeping the puck in the zone. is just not feasible at this point. And 
Ovi setting things up really isn't that feasible at this point either, unless he's feeding it back to Carlson. At which point you can have somebody else just feed it back to Carlson too. Dude, but some of Ovi's feeds are just they're, they're there. Like when he doesn't go for the shot on the power play and he's trying to go back door to Kuznetsov or whoever it may be, uh, you know, Mojo even. I, I, they're there. I feel like they're there. They, I, And again, maybe it's they need reps or whatever. You know. I, I just... I, I, and don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for any sort of taking Ovi off the power play. He's still the power play goat. I just think right. there's better, better ways to effectively utilize him, you know? Yeah. Um, and so what? Are we... Are, did this conversation turn into, like, shitting on Blaine Forsyth? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I Blaine Forsyth isn't going anywhere, and the, the whole Fire Forsyth conversation is just completely unproductive because it's just not going to happen. Right, and so the the better thing is to find tweaks like swapping Ovi or putting Ovi in the Oshi spot and putting Orlov on the point. You know, because okay. they're not going to keep they're not going to change the fundamental shape of this power play. Right, you know, the, the shape is going to be the same no matter what. But that's and the I shape think, of like all power plays too. I mean, really, like that's yeah, the, that's the power play in the NHL now. But also, like, like particularly the like, the Caps have a tendency to like overload the right side and 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 quarterback it from the right side specifically because where Ovi is. But I just and that, and that's fine. But I just don't think putting Ovi in the point is 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 particularly feasible anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you're talking like where John Carlson usually plays. Is that what you're saying? Or you're saying left point. Huh? What, what do you mean? Ovi at the point at either point, to be honest, but okay. <laughs> but specifically his left, his normal left point side, right? That's just not working anymore. And, and I know they sometimes switch them, but yeah. then the puck just goes goes out of the zone on the right side. Instead. So you were advocating. Right, so, so you were advocating for a no more OV office. No, as I said, rotate okay. him out. Work in rotating him out periodically, but gotcha, don't have gotcha, that be gotcha. the base situation of of just border. You know, the baseline assumption is OV is going to be in his office. Have that be a spice. You know. <laughs> Not that, the main course. That, that right. shouldn't be the, the potatoes of it. That should right. be that should right. be the spice you put on the potatoes. Okay, and so here's here's something that I've and what I said what it sounds like you're advocating for is a little bit more motion in the power play. And I've been advocating for this since for like the past three or four years. I would love to see, you know, all right, let's play a high let's play a high cycle. Just real quick. Just let's just make the power the penalty killer is just a little bit scared with some some high because those top those top two guys on the power power or the penalty kill on the other team they have to follow you around and that is exhausting right so you're yeah. you're just really ragging the puck at the blue line and if we trust our guys enough obviously that's a highly risky area but you know come on we're in the NHL here um, being able to to run a three man kind of just a just a quick rotation up top and then try to move it down and then maybe catch OV open somewhere in the office or elsewhere would be something that I think that has always been what the caps have needed. And sets very stagnant power play, right? We know, I mean, these guys are, first of all, 
it's incredible to see a power play operate like this where literally nobody moves. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, having the, this emotion would be the good. The 2015 to 2019 Caps power play where like all five of them were just standing still and just passing around like the Harlem Globetrotters was right. unreal. Yeah. But you, they're not the Harlem Globetrotters anymore. They don't have those guys and those guys aren't the same anymore. Yeah. You've got to make something happen. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, so interesting. And I mean, I love, we talked about this earlier in the show, but like the Caps defense. Again, when you were on previously, I had said, look, I feel, I feel good about the Caps defense. I thought they had an incredible, uh, an underrated season last season. It wasn't the best, but it was probably the strong point of the team, I had thought. Uh, then they opened up and got buried for like 10 games, and I felt like an idiot, sort of. But but I knew, you know, we're starting to get back to where we were uh, last season. So, you know, I mean, just eye test alone, and maybe you can elaborate on this with some stats or whatever, but... Uh, I test alone, lots of shots come from outside. Uh, the Washington Capitals are prone to be giving up a breakaway. That's hockey. Um, especially when we're pushing, we're playing from behind, but at the same time, um, keeping, keeping a lot of the settled play and the matched play, like, you know, if it's not an odd man rush or whatever it may be, and even on odd man rushes, the, the Capitals' defense move guys to the outside and, and really negate their high-danger high, high danger chances. Is that is that what you're seeing, too? Yeah. The, the, yeah, there's... The Caps play solid in their own zone. Um, there's mistakes here and there, and especially, as you, as you alluded to, the, the odd man rush is, is, is something to work on. <laughs> John Carlson! Um, <laughs> but... Um, but for the most part, the defense has been actually pretty solid and and deserves a little bit more credit than they're getting, I think. Which includes John Carlson, Caps fans. And let's not forget, since John Carlson has come back, he's over a point per game, I believe. The guy's just lighting it up. So. The, I mean, yeah. come on. What the fuck else do you want? Okay, yeah. Like he's I want, out there for- I want him to I want him to to handle a two-on-one properly. I'd also <laughs> like him to be the cause of fewer two-on-ones for the other guy to deal with. Um, <laughs> well, hey man, you know what? When you're when you're out there fucking wheeling and <clears throat> trying to trying to fucking mix it up, come on. You know how this is with hockey. And and you know, it's funny because I would be probably considered in beer league an offensive defenseman, and I'm sure my numbers would look similar to John Carlson's in a in a much much shittier league. So I, I don't know. I, I, you can't have it both ways. I mean, name one defender who does it both ways that way, who Kale McCarr, yeah. Adam Fox. If, if I had my way, John Carlson would just instead be Kale McCarr. <laughs> yeah. I think that if anybody had it their way, any defenseman would be just Kale McCarr. All, right. We would have six Kale McCars. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That would be great. Oh. That'd be great. All making league men, like you know, that would be amazing, but that's my not problem, fucking reality. My, I, I I think that's a little bit. I think that's a not not to be harsh, but I think that's a bit of a cop out. That 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 because he can't be Kale McCarr, that means he can't be held accountable for some 
boneheaded mistakes. Okay, he's all right, all some... right. Yeah, well, of course. I'm. We're, I'm not he's saying. He's had some brutal screw ups, <laughs> and and again, I also think I I think this isn't. To say, I think I think a lot of people are being unfairly harsh on him. Sure, just constantly nonstop. Just the the constant the constant traffic cone gifs every time he touches the ice <laughs> are a little excessive, but also maybe the causing the other guy to have to deal with a two on one every game. Yeah, or twice a game is a little excessive. Also, perhaps I think there's and, I think there's criticism to go around and also some praise to go. Around. He also he's as you alluded to he's been on fire offensively since he got back from the injury. Fucking ripping it. And I think he needs to get credit for that. It's been yeah. great. And so, um, well, you know, you you look at it, and and I will give Caps fans credit. We're we're not quick to shit on the goalie, is uh, or as quick as other. Uh, fandoms are, you know, I think we're as quick as we used to be. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, there's, there's a couple things here. And and then, so it's like, who's the scapegoat? And it's like, Oh, the guy who's always out there 20 plus minutes a game, you know, by far our ice ice time leader, he's going to be, there is definitely a little bit of he's, he's, he's out there enough to like make mistakes at a rate of other people. Right. he makes more of them because he has more time. But I also think he's making some mistakes at a higher, <laughs> some specific mistakes at a higher rate. And what, what's that? that? Is, Just like giving the puck away or what? Uh, yeah, giveaways and also specifically his handling of rushes. And he's also lost a step too. So like, sure. There have been, there have been a, a f- several different times where like, if he, a younger version of himself would not have allowed such a play to turn into an odd man rush for the other guy. Right. 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 Even, even playing, playing it the exact same way he did, yeah. but he lost the step. So he got beat by a step. So now all of a sudden it's two on one instead of a two on two. Sure. You know? and, and I think that it, it would be interesting. It, it's, it's important to point out nobody, no defenseman makes it into the NHL being a offensive defenseman. Okay, you have to be 100%. You have to be a solid shutdown guy who can skate and has that, you know, has the ability to shut down plays first. And then you become the offensive defenseman. Because if you were such an offensive defenseman that they were drafting you, you would just be a forward. True. Um, (laughs) You you know? Yeah. It just, he's, he's lost a lot of his, a lot of his defensive skills. And I think that's. it's tough it's tough sometimes but you know what man i've seen there's if we look at the you know i challenge you caps fans to put the fucking haterade down and look at the good thing just look at the good things that john carlson does and just count them and then maybe like two games do that for a couple games and two games later count like the negative things and i would i would i would venture to say that the good things outweigh the bad and I also think there's an element of he's making eight million dollars a year, and like <laughs> maybe he shouldn't be, but he is. Right. Let's just live with it. And but, dude, that is a good contract. Like, I don't know what I, if anybody wants to. So when we signed that contract, I was like, oh fuck yeah, that is a great savvy move. That is cap certainty for the next eight years. 
who wouldn't want that in, in as from your number one defenseman? I mean, because let's be honest, folks, he still is the number one defenseman, whether he's the best uh, all around or whatever. Um, and we talked about Dmitry Orlov, who I think is like an incredibly underrated player. He's an amazing defenseman. He does not put the fucking puck in the back of the net at the same rate. John Carlson does not even close, hasn't his whole career and probably will never. So let's just, you know, keep what? that in mind. Whoa, let's that. That's bordering on Orlov criticism, which I will I, not accept. I will. I'm not. I'm not criticizing Orlov, but come on, he's not the offensive defenseman that that John Carlson is. Are you? Wait. Are you? Look it up. Are you trying to tell me that that Orlov has come close to eclipsing John Carlson in point totals in not any on, year? Not on points and whatnot, but I'm you know looking at like advanced stuff. He's. I'm talking about scoreboard here, baby. Like, fuck all the advanced... Okay, advanced stats, whatever. You know, he's getting Wait, weaker matchups, let's be honest. You can't just scoreboard Orlov versus Carlson because Carlson gets power play minutes and Orlov doesn't. And hey, this is my show. I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> <laughs> and part of the reason that Orlov doesn't get power play minutes is because he plays the side that Ovechkin gets. Fair. Right. So, I don't, I don't know, man. I still don't. But still, man, come on. Think about it. You really think... I love Dimitri Orlov. I think that he is one of the best defensemen that the Capitals have probably ever seen in their franchise. But do you really think that if given the same treatment of that John of John Carlson, that he would be an equivalent or better? Come on. Uh, the Orlov Carlson pairing is an unbelievable pairing. I, I also think uh, we're pairing, doing, we're, but we're, I'm talking about individually. Little... Individually, come on. I, Are you I willing to put your nuts on the line for that? Of pitting two bad bitches against each other, uh, <laughs> especially when they make each other better. Sure, uh, I, I mean no. Carlson elevates Orlov's offense, and Orlov completely carries Carlson on the back end. I would love um, to see them together. We just don't have that luxury, right? I mean, it's it's the balance versus get a, you know if now, it's first, like we need a goal. If we need a goal, I would love to see that pairing more often. Yeah, personally, I also uh, this is a much more nitpicky thing than an actual criticism of Laviolette, but I personally would probably go for stacking talent together as opposed to spreading it through the lineup. I, yeah. I think there's arguments for both, but I personally would do a little bit more stacking of talent together, um, especially especially in the defensive pairings because we have we have depth at defense, you know, right? Um, like like. Like when when Trevor Van Riemsdyk is your worst defenseman, like you're right. you're not doing you're not doing bad for yourself there because sure. considering how good he is, you know. So right, I right. would I would probably stack talent together, especially on on defense. But that's more of a nitpick than anything else. I, there's benefits, and that's not even a nitpick. That's more of a personal preference. I would yeah, say. but. But yeah. I feel like that's on a lineup when you have like like an, an, a, a great example is like the Edmonton Oilers, who are very top heavy, uh, and have been for a while. You know, that would be something that we would do there, and and, and that and that's the thing. You know, it's we don't have a look at these guys every day, right? Uh, to say. Laviolette should be stacking or, or changing lineups this way or that way. You know, I've seen a lot of petitions, like you said, for Mantha mm-hmm. at the top line, things like that. But, you know, when and, – and I agree. Okay, maybe Mantha needs to be force-fed some minutes. Just just shove him down his throat and perform and, you know, a two- or three-game stretch that way. 
you know, let's see what happens. Let's get him to the 15 minute mark and call it a failed experiment or not. You know, what I, what I, here, here's a, here's a, um, and again, we're, we're recording this on Sunday. Here's a, here's a, I guess a prophecy in which I will foretell right now. I believe that Laviolette is probably going to force feed Mantha some minutes on a, on a cupcake. We're going to look at like, he's going to look at like the, the easiest matchup within the next couple weeks from here on out and say, Mantha's getting like 15 minutes. Like we got to get him back on. Uh, let's put him on the power play, you know, because here's the thing. Mantha scores a goal in the first. It would be very common to see Laviolette say, okay, you know what? Let's break down the power play a little bit. Let's pull Shiri off or let's pull, um, you know, Strom off or anything. You know, I don't know. Because uh, Mojo, remember, he can play center um, on on the power play. Uh, let's put... So I'm look- Go ahead. I'm looking at Tuesday, December 13th. We're playing the uh, Blackhawks. Boom. So I think and there that, it is. I think there's a cupcake to try it out on. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that Laviolette is a, a, a far better coach than Capstans are giving him credit for right now. He's done a lot for, really you know, I mean, he, here's the thing: you have when your when your team is injured, when you have a depleted lineup, when you don't have talent. Let's just be honest: we do not have the talent which we had last year. We don't have the talent which we've had for the past ten years. When you when you are lacking that, you need to go back to basics and you need to simplify. You know. I, I know that this is something that the players say and coaches say every every game that they're getting the shit kicked out of them. But I'm going to explain it to you right now, Caps fans. When we talk about simplifying the game, it's get the get the blue line, uh, or it's like get the red line. And if there's fucking trouble, get it deep. If you can get the blue line, get the blue line and get a shot, and then follow that shot. And then in settled play, it's just piles and piles of shots. Now, in the New Jersey game that we like last last uh, week that we lost five to one, the Capitals did that, and they'd done that all week. Um, I thought they deserved to win that Jersey game. It was just, uh, you know, it's New Jersey. They're a fucking wagon right now. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, they you, they had, being, and that's that's another thing too about this whole. Oh, it's so horrible that we lost the Flames. The Flames are playing well right now. Flames are good. The Devils are playing out of their freaking minds. These were right. on a you know, all time win streak or whatever. Yeah. Of course you're going to lose five to one to the devils. Right. And the devils had, the devils had, I think five chances and they scored on all five of them. And I think that's really all that the Washington Capitals gave them all game. Let's, let's, let's see where the devils are in March. Maybe they'll still be there. Maybe they'll still be like this and it's entirely possible. And I wouldn't put it past them. And honestly, good for them. I'm rooting for them. I hope they're still this way in March, but like, it's it's December fourth, right? The new year isn't even upon us, Caps fans. Let's let's, let's calm our tits a little bit. Um, and and you're right, man. I mean, this is hockey, right? So we're looking at you know when I going back to you know our forward forecasting here. We're doing the quarter season review, and we'll we'll get to grading here. So I'm going to make you put a grade on this shit. But I think. You know, looking forward, there is a team that's right now securely in a metropolitan playoff division spot that I think is going to come down. And I think that that's the New York Islanders. I'm going to keep the Devils in a playoff spot, a divisional playoff spot. But I think that they probably maybe regress to like the third. I think that the Rangers are a team that's going to figure it out in the new year, along with the Washington Capitals. So 
the Washington Capitals and the Rangers, I see going, you know, making a trend forward as long as the Washington Capitals can, can get some guys back. And I see them moving up the lineup. And then I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins are punching a bit above their weight right now. God, every time I say something bad about the fucking Penguins, they just you just you God just damn it! <laughs> I know, God, <laughs> fuck. So, but I think that the Penguins stay in a wild card spot. At, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. At best, a third division spot. I think. I think New Jersey and Carolina. I think they're locks to the playoffs. Um, but you know, quarter season in. It is nowhere near over. It doesn't look great right now. It does not look, I, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It doesn't look amazing right now by any means. It looks bad, right? Again, 29 points that the Detroit Red Wings, who are going to be a fucking problem, Caps fans, the Detroit Red Wings are a team to watch. They're going to be a problem for us for the playoff uh, position in the wild card. They are five points ahead of the Washington Capitals, holding down the last playoff spot. Um, but, we are only really two games away from being even with the Florida Panthers at 28 points. So, you know, we're with a two game spread this early in the season is well within striking distance. Would you agree with that stack? I Blake here. Oh yeah. Uh, there's this whole, like, I mean, the caps could miss the playoffs. I, I think, I think to say that we're a lock for the playoffs is idiocy. Right. Obviously looking at where things are, but also saying that we're a lock to miss the playoffs is also idiocy. I think right. both situations are well within play here. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and to your point, yeah, I mean, and this is, it, okay, so a situation in which we do not miss, or do we, we do not make the playoffs, we're basically playing the same hockey that we're playing now. That's yeah. how I see it. We're getting the same results, at least. We may not be playing the same hockey, but we're getting the same results. We'll, we'll win one, we'll lose two, we'll win two, we'll lose one. You know, it, it's just 500 hockey. Even hockey is yeah. really what we'll be playing from here for and for the rest of the season. I have to believe the Washington Capitals have something more. Remember, there is trade deadline. I, I think Ovechkin has something. I think Ovechkin has a special streak waiting for us <laughs> that we just haven't seen yet. And that he's just going to unleash something and the caps are going to go on this wild streak. I, th- I think there's going to be like a 10 game streak where he scores like eight goals, you know? Yeah. And, and, and a bunch of them are game winning goals. And, you know, all of a sudden we're going to be like in a divisional spot. And I don't think we're going to finish in a divisional spot. We're going to, but we're going to bounce up, right. you know, because of this 10 game streak or 15 game streak where Ovechkin just goes out of his mind. Cause yeah, he clearly hasn't lost his step, you know, and yeah. and when Ovechkin gets hot, the Caps get hot, you right. know, and and even if he doesn't carry us there with his play, he'll carry us there emotionally, and and it, you know the rest of the team <laughs> is going to figure stuff out whilst Ovechkin is putting up numbers. I just I just I see it happen. I see it's getting a ten or fifteen game streak where Ovechkin just goes nuts. Right, and when have we not seen that throughout the seasons in which we have seen Ovechkin? I mean, this happens. This is a even thing. It, is, even in his this. worst seasons, he had some of these stretches. Like, yeah. I, I understand that he's getting older, and I don't think he's going to hit 50 this season. I don't. Fuck and you, I, I think I think we've it's seen 55. his last He's going to go on a season. crazy streak. He's going to go on a crazy streak. He's going to score like 30 goals in, in, in 40 games. No, no, no. <laughs> Nothing like that. But – but he's gonna. I, I just feel like he's he's got something left in the tank that he's gonna kickstart for the Caps. 
You know, I just, I feel it in my bones. Sure. In your plums, deep I, in your plums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, just, so, dude. Uh, well, here's the thing. Okay, so we're looking at, we're looking at the rest of the season. You know, what, and, and we've talked about Lavi, we like him. Ultimately, though, we really have to think, look, the onus of winning is on the players, right? And we went through this, I mean, think about it, back in how many playoff failures before the cup that we had to talk about. Look, the the coaching staff, Barry Trotz is, okay, he made a couple maybe lineup moves that weren't best. But at the end of the day, you know, when the Capitals were losing the second round, the onus was ultimately on the players. And I think that Ovechkin finally got sick of it and was like, yeah, you're right. It is on us. Fucking sucks. And, um, but, but like, I, I truly believe that it's still that, that way. Right. I mean, hockey is not a coach's sport. It's a player sport in the sense that, you know, the players are the ones that are out there putting it down. Right. I, I, I truly think hockey is, is the sport where the coach has the least influence. Right. Right. He, he doesn't have no influence, to be clear, but I, he does have less influence than literally, you know, f- football, baseball, basketball, soccer, you name it. He has less influence than any of those sports. I believe it, too. And, it, and I mean, and it, it's also it's just like who. And, and that's probably why that there's such a low tenure, average tenure for the for an NHL coach. You know, it's you are just a new guy that's yelling at more guys, right, to do different stuff or do it harder or or maybe not as much. So, play, I mean, play zone defense differently, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, we there's a lot of talk about systems and things and what what the coach wants, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, a coach is going to come off that shit pretty quick if if you're fucking outscoring the opposition like ten to one, you know. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, unless that coach is Adam Oates or Dale Hunter. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, Dale Hunter was just like, let's just beat them up and hurt them as much as possible. This is junior hockey, baby. Old let's time go. hockey. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so <clears throat> I saw an interesting tweet. Uh, shout out. I think it, the the handle is like Chris talks caps, uh, and he was he was like, you know, are the are the Washington Capitals buyers or sellers at the deadline? I said they're buyers, and what I meant by that was that they're going to have to move shit to to buy, but they will probably buy something. Um, and is that draft picks? Is that Connor McMichael? Is it you know Mantha? Is it is it anyone? Is it Lars Eller? Who knows? Um, I don't believe that they're in the position to be doing like a, oh my God, we hate Lars Eller so much, as much as hockey Twitter does, that we're going to package him in basically for free just to unload cap. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Especially if Backstrom is looking positive on a return. But I just don't see us sacrificing a centerman right now. I just, it's, it's, we are already thin in that position. We cannot afford to be weak down the middle. What do you think is yeah. going to happen on, on the trade deadline? They're definitely not getting rid of Eller unless they're getting a hot young center in return. Right. You know, and that would be like Eller plus a bajillion picks for hot young center. <laughs> plus Connor you know? McMichael plus like Alexia. Yeah. Like, like it would be, Eller wouldn't be the point of the trade, you know? Right. Uh, so 
I don't think that's happening. I have a feeling that Caps fans are going to be incredibly disappointed with the straight deadline. Is what I, it, That's my hot take. I think Caps fans are going to be like, why didn't we? <laughs> that's my well, prediction for this trade deadline. I agree, um, but but we I have, no, we have one... no space. We have less space than we did at the beginning uh, of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have we have no we have nothing. There is nothing. Yeah. Sorry, my dog's barking. I don't know why. She's an idiot. But um, she's yeah, probably just... seeing my cat run back and forth over here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think much is going to happen at the trade deadline. I think we'll probably trade a couple of prospects or something. Either coming or going, there's just going to be not much going on. So do you think... Why didn't we sell? Why didn't we buy? Why didn't we blah, blah, blah? (laughs) Right. We can't. We literally can't, Caps fans. And (laughs) I I, I think that we're we're close there. But, you know, there's obviously talk about, like, fuck, I mean... God, the most recent ones like Brock Besser. Yeah, fucking right. I mean, what he's going to be making eight million a year or something? Also, like six million at least. He's, also, he's getting healthy scratched on the Canucks. Like, right. And I mean, reclamation I project, fine. But his trade stock is in the shitter. Be doing any sort of reclamation project. I have no interest in reclamation projects right now. Right, you but know. that's where we have to operate because we have no no space if we're going to make. A change like that. I mean, really, right? Where? What other option do we have? Let's We're not moving that. a big piece. No. I mean, uh, and think about it, Capstones. You need to realize, even if we were to say T.J. Oshie, give me offers. John Carlson, give me offers. Nobody's touching that. Nobody can't. There's really what five teams that can touch either of those contracts. Yeah. And then you're thinking they're going to get right. And you know, like what you're going to give, you're expecting them to give away what those contracts get moved when a team is like signaling a rebuild and they're looking for like a first round, a second round and like three, three other lower picks and a prospect, you know, that's the type of stuff. Future considerations is basically what they're looking for there. Um, The Capitals are nowhere near that. The Capitals are still win now mode. We're looking for players. We need hockey players now. We need hockey deals to be done. And I just yeah. don't see anything. That's that's the thing. We're not selling. We're not selling stuff for picks. That's right. not happening. Right. And we're not going to be able to move these contracts unless we're getting a bunch of picks in return, which we're not going to be trading things for picks. So I just think that it's, uh, um, yeah, I don't. And I mean, if we do sell for picks, it's going to be part of like a strategy for a bigger deal, right? So like, okay, we're offloading Lars Eller for a first round pick and then we're getting that pick and we're shoveling it away immediately in the same day or same week to leverage it against another asset, right? Yeah. Yeah. I So Capstones, I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that this is the team guys, like, unfortunately, this is it, uh, I guess, or fortunately or unfortunately, We've had some injury woes that seems to be on, I don't know. And then, you know, the thing with Kemper and Faviari being out, like that sucks. But uh, I guess real quick, what was your thoughts on Alexiev? We saw, and again, remember this is on Sunday. So like, what did you see in, in the um, Calgary game with Alexiev? 
Um, I wasn't able to watch the Calgary game super, super close. I didn't yeah. get specifics on players, but... Um, he looked okay to me. I mean, he looked... I, in the other games I've seen him in, he looked fine. Yeah, right. He's... He played defense. <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't horrendously screw up. So like, he can't be that bad. Right. Right. All right. So let's review. We've been a little bit all, all over the place. The Washington Capitals may or may not make the playoffs. So you know, take that to the bank. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm leaning towards they. They make it in. They may not be in a divisional spot. They may be in a wild card spot. But I still have belief that they will I be think- in. I think if they make it, it'll be a wild card spot. I don't think they're making a divisional spot. All right. Well, okay. Gun to your head. I do think they're going to make it. I do think they're going to make it. Okay. All right. So you're in. I think it's going to be a wild card spot. Right. Okay. So you think they're going to make it. Either way, it doesn't matter. You just got to punch a card to the dance. That's that's really all that matters. I mean, imagine the Washington Capitals playing an Atlantic rival rather than a Metro rival like in the first round. Yeah. Just not the Bruins. Good God, please. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I can take another L to the Bruins. Well, that's who we get, though. I know. That's who we know. Oh, gosh. I know. I know. Anyone exactly who we're going to get. Right. I know. Right. (laughs) So we're playing the Bruins or bust. Um, And, you know, hey, maybe maybe a little Lady Luck turns her head on, on us in a favorable way and we get to get a divisional spot. And then we're playing, you know... I, I, you know, I think that for the Washington Capitals, how they are now, if we can get to like that third division spot, that would be a great matchup. That is a winnable matchup, whoever it ends up being. Like, who I don't even know. I don't even know who it could be right now. But I do think that that's something, you know, probably the Penguins. But, um, <laughs> of course, because that's just how, how our fucking luck works. It'd be the Penguins or something. Um, so I definitely think that that is, that's probably where we land. But, okay, so the Washington Capitals are making the playoffs. The defense is good. It's been good. It will continue to be good. Goaltending, we didn't really touch that, but I'm going to say goaltending gets a gets a good good grade for me thus far. Let's hope Darcy Kemper is healthy. Would you Kemper agree with that? That's a good grade for me. Yeah. I mean, Lindgren, he's the backup, and he's faltered a couple times. Yeah, he's played like a backup, which is fine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So goaltending, I would say year over year, better. To this point for sure year over year better <laughs> um and then we have the forwards to figure out and that is um that is a tough thing with a team that has relied a lot on their offensive power in the past the the spark's not there the want maybe at some point isn't there the sense of urgency the desperation you know you hear it all the time from the post game the post gamer interviews like you hear all this shit all the fucking time and it's true it's it's just not there right now um and then, you know, I guess kind of the last thing that I wanted to talk about is how – and so every time I would I would hear about Sidney fucking Crosby, it's – it's <laughs> leadership. He's such a great leader. He's the leader of the lot. Leadership. Leadership is like, oh, yeah, where, where does that show up? He elevates the players around him as though that's not the job of a center. <laughs> right. And, I mean, it's like, okay, I get, fine. You know, we'll, we'll go with that. Not that he's, like, a freak of nature, has, is very driven, whatever, his leadership, you know, and I guess that it's a residual of his effort. But at the same, same time, like, well, let's look at, you know, do you – I think that there – we've talked about, you know, how the coaches could be – 
you know, I we've in this podcast episode, I hope that you are if you're a Lavi hater, like, you know, do you, but you're wrong. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Just know that your opinion is wrong. And then, <laughs> you know, the defense is OK, but like who is the one that turns us because sometimes it just seems like, hey, we need to try a little harder. Right. And of course, that is a ridiculous that is not the depth that there, there's so many more nuanced things that go on in hockey to, to say like, oh, just try harder. But there are times, I think, where maybe a little bit more effort or maybe a little more, as the players have said, desperation, sense of urgency, things like that. Who's the guy? In the past, it's been Backstrom who's been like, coach, get out. We're going to fucking, you know, come on, boys. What the fuck? You know, and, and no coaches in the room, players only meeting. Um, and I believe that Nick Backstrom is the guy that has been headmanning that. Do you see Ovechkin, let's say Backstrom doesn't come back at all. I mean, what do you think? Who is who is that guy in the locker room? And is it necessary? Oshie. It's, it's Oshie. Oshie. Yeah. O- Oshie is the heart and soul of this team. And <laughs> honestly, I've always thought he was the guy behind a lot of the players' only meanings. And I okay. think he needs to be another one. I, I yeah. think it's I, – I, and I have nothing to base this on, right? It's just my gut says right. it's Oshie. And it's got to be Oshie. Fair enough. This year, oh, she needs to shut the freaking doors and hey, boys, let's let's lock it together. Right you now, let's figure it out. And, and so, do I you think, think that that's? Are we at that point now? I would have done it a week ago. I would have had a players only meeting a week ago. Fair enough. I believe it too. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, look, most things are greenlit by us here. And that would include everything except the forward cores, including coaching, including, you know, everything else that's going on here. Um, and with a team, I mean, but this is so normal in the NHL. And, and I, Caps fans, you're fucking spoiled. You're so spoiled to see an incredibly gifted offensive town team who can score in multiple different ways on the, the world is ending play. because we're a bubble team. You're spoiled. Right. Exactly. Right. We're on the bubble right now. And it's like, you know, we're in the hunt, but it's, it's at the same time, we're 26 games in, we're not even halfway through the season. Um, and even when we are half, if we were still here halfway through the season, I'd be okay with it. You know, I'd still would have hope for a, um, for a, for a playoff push at the, at the end of the season down the stretch. So, you know, let's uh, let's stop filling up our diapers. Let's let's give John Carlson a little bit of a break. Uh, you know, I know you don't want to give Lars Eller a break, but I will. I always give Lars Eller a break. I love that guy. <laughs> I'll I'll give him a beer. I'll always buy Lars Eller a beer if I'm in the same bar with him. Yeah, that dude should never have to buy a beer in Washington. He should <laughs> exactly. just also step aside and let someone else take the three C spot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but you know, again, like we're we're really limited on who. Who could do that, right? I mean, Connor McMichael is unfortunately shit the bed. Let's be honest. Um, you know, there's a, there's that that Russian guy, uh, Mira. God, I can't pronounce it. Marashenko. Yeah, yes, Marashenko. If you if you uh, watch watch his games if you can, that it's dude's electric. Dude's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm so hoping for this guy. I've never paid attention to prospects before. I yeah. love this guy. Okay. So, All right. Good. So, and you know, he's he recently just got the upgrade to the um, the KHL team, the Avangard uh, Monsk, whatever. Um, 
Omsk, 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 yeah, whatever. So he's got, he's in the big league in Russia now. He previously was absolutely lighting it up. I think it was like 14 points in 10 games. Um, with like that. With the AHL equivalent of the KHL. So, you know, it's always and tricky. And like six like, months after having cancer too. I know, like, the dude's a machine. Give this guy some more time and it can only get better, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I hope that, you know, he obviously stays cancer free and, and can continue to do yeah. well. But, <clears throat> you know, this is a guy that this is what Connor McMichael should be doing now in the AHL. Now, say yeah. what you will, the equivalency between KHL and the NHL is not is night and day, right? I would say that the KHL is probably more an AHL standard. I've always said I've always said NHL, KHL, AHL. Okay, but the I mean, and they're all very close, right? Um, but you know, I would say that the KHL and the AHL are much closer than the, the KHL and the NHL. KHL, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the KHL and NHL, so. yeah, and so you know, we're looking at people who are getting paid big money to play, uh, but. I love. I hope this dude. I hope this dude goes to the KHL and just lights it the fuck up. I would love to see him yeah. at a top six role by the end of the season in the K. Um, you know, and for for the KHL standards, and even for the the lower leagues in Russia and in European hockey in general, the 10, 14 points in ten games is is phenomenal. That is insanity. That's the whole league is talking about you at this point. Um, a point per game in those leagues because it's European hockey, it's wider ice, it's bigger, there's less emphasis on contact. Um, those are that, that, you know, a point per game is, is, inc- is wild, right? I mean, you look at Ovechkin, he didn't score a point per game in, in the K, you know? Um, so keep that in mind, Caps fans. Good stuff coming down the pipe. I don't think that we'll be able to see this player this season by any means because you know when you sign a khl contract you sign it in blood (laughs) yager figured that one out paying off his gambling debts um (laughs) but sorry that was that was a weird tangent but anyways caps fans quarter season review what's the grade stack guy blake to this point what are you giving him a c it's not been I, great. Yeah, it could be I'll, worse. I'll give them a C too. The, I think that you're right. The, the grade for what they have done is a C, right? right but I right. think there's potential for this to become a B, B plus, and A minus. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think there's also potential for this to become an F. Why? <laughs> that's lesser of a but potential, right C, and that's okay. And hopefully, it'll hopefully it'll trend higher instead of lower. Right, and honestly. All of the things that I've seen, that it is trending higher. It's it's starting to move that way. So, C's right now for this quarter season review. Stack Guy Blake, you heard it here first. Good stuff, dude. Tell them tell them again where they can find you. Uh, do your do your plugs. Yeah, um, Alan Caps nineteen ninety five on Twitter. Um, uh, if I ever get back to. Writing articles, you can find that at chirpandmv.com. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, I'll get more active on there soon. Well, it's not like you're busy with anything, dude. It's not like you've had any life yeah, changes. Yeah, no, it's not happen. like I have major life events that are actually about to be 
I need to get, get to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Wait, well, hey, I'll let you go. Thanks a lot for coming on in such short notice. And, you know, again, congratulations on, on the thanks. rug rat, man. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks, man. Awesome. All right. Well, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Until Monday, Hockey Troll, Stat Guy Blake, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.